Can Republicans take back the Senate in 2024? Well, spoiler alert, the answer is yes. But the big question, as always, is will they? The uh, electoral map looks pretty favorable to them, but can they come through this year after uh, almost a decade now of underperforming since 2016? Let's find out today on Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. America is no longer one nation under God. Are you ready to fight for a revival? Well, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. Before we get started, let me remind you that up at the new website, fightandrevive.com, we've got some new articles up, including one detailing a new poll that shows Donald Trump up five points in the general, breaking it down, looking at some polling history, and seeing doesn't matter. Highly recommend you check. head over to fightandrevive.com after this episode's over to check it out. Link is in the description. Okay, let's get to it. Uh, this could be a long episode, so I'm going to try not to drag it out. So, let's get right to it. We'll start with our safe blue seats. We have, of course... California is going to be a safe blue seat. Washington's a safe blue seat. Uh, over here you've got Maryland, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and let's see, what else do we have? We have New York, Vermont, Maine, and that is all I'm going to put in safe blue, I think. Uh, hard to believe because yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of seats there. You see opening up, and that's all we're gonna put in a uh, safe blue, which already gives the Democrats just a one seat advantage, 39-38 over Republicans. Then we move to safe red seats. So let's do this. We've got, of course, your obvious Texas. I don't care what they say. Ted Cruz is gonna win Florida. Rick, uh, Texas. Rick Scott is gonna win Florida. Uh, Mississippi is gonna be safe red. Tennessee safe red. Uh, Missouri, safe red. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Wyoming, safe red. Nebraska, now Nebraska, both of their seats are up for election this year. Um, they have their two Senate seats because of the way their process works. Um, both of their seats are up for election the same year this year. Both of theirs are going to go red. So, uh, let's see there. That will... In my humble opinion, anyway. And then Indiana, also safe red. So right off, we're at 47 seats for the Republicans. And so we're already looking pretty good. Let's start off <clears throat> with the state of Utah, where the current incumbent is our favorite senator, Mitt Romney. Uh, so Mitt Romney, praise the Lord, has decided he's not going to run for re-election. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to take a gig on CNN or what, but he is gone. Um, the presumed Republican is uh, John Curtis or Brad Wilson. Uh, Brad Wilson is the Utah Speaker of the House, is endorsed by uh, by the governor, Spencer Cox, and tons of senators and state representatives in Utah, most of them actually. Um, Democrats don't have a big candidate up for Utah, so I'm going to be putting this in the red, uh, safe red category. And I forgot I'm going to expand this here. So we have all our different rankings. <clears throat> Moving on to New Mexico. Uh, I forgot to put that earlier. That's in likely dim. Um, I forgot to rate that earlier. That's going to be a, a likely Democrat seat. There's uh, no reason to think that's going to switch. Now, in Arizona, there's a little bit of a caveat here. Uh, there is potentially an abortion measure on the ballot uh, this year in Arizona. We won't, We don't know yet if that's going to be. But so far, that's really driven Democrats to the polls in places like Ohio and Kansas. So uh, we'll see if that ends up affecting, affecting it. But... <clears throat> 
Arizona is very much a toss-up state. Uh, Republicans control the con- uh, the congressional seats. They have a majority of congressional seats and the state legislature, but the Dems have both U.S. Senate seats and governor. Um, so we have Kirsten Sinema, who's the incumbent. She is now an independent, not a Democrat, and it is yet remains to be seen she'll be running for re-election. A lot of this hinges on her because if she is, she'll very well could very well sink the the Democrat nominee, who right now is looking to be Ruben Gallego. Uh, for Republican, either Carrie Lake or Mark Lamb. Uh, Carrie, Lame, uh, Carrie Lake has a big fundraising advantage, a big endorsement advantage, and name recognition, so I expect her to be the nominee. Um, it's a very... Um, it's a very difficult uh, race to predict. Um, like I said, Ray... Lake is probably made the nominee. I forgot to mention she also wins in hypothetical polling. Uh, polling depends based on where you look as to whether or not it's going to be Democrat. Um, but based on the fact that Republicans as a whole, and specifically Carrie Lake and Donald Trump, have not performed very well in Arizona recently, and this is an election, a presidential election year, I'm going to put Arizona in tilt blue. Um, going to be close, but I'm going to say tilt blue, so the closest you can get to a tie. Oh, earlier I forgot. I didn't say that either. Hawaii is a safe blue. And also, Vice President, obviously, is um, a Democrat. So, moving on to Nevada. Nevada's interesting, because historically it has been Democrat. But the Republicans do seem to be building some momentum. In Nevada, they flipped the governorship very recently in 2022. Uh, Spencer, not Spencer Cox, ha, wrong governor. Uh, Nevada now has a Republican governor, and they came very close. They came literally within 8,000 votes of flipping the Senate seat there of Catherine Cortez Masto, Adam Laxalt came very close, didn't quite do it. But <clears throat> the incumbent Democrat, Jackie Rosen, that's who the incumbent Democrat is. She's running for re-election. Republicans don't have a very impressive field, but the front runner seems to be Sam Brown. And so um, we'll go call him the nominee. And Nevada's very hard to, hard to predict, but after almost flipping the Cortez Masto seat and winning the governorship and just kind of building some momentum in Nevada, I'm actually going to predict a tilt red here for Nevada. We're going to say it goes, whoops, we're going to say it goes barely Republican, maybe could be within 0.3 percentage points. Um, The only recent uh, poll, by the way, did show the incumbent up 39-38, but polls are completely meaningless at this point in the process. Um, for the most part, I mean, I'll still look at them to help get a better idea as I flip my page here. But for the most part, um, the polls don't really matter. I'm looking at those for some races. I like to see just who has some sort of momentum so I can figure it out. Because when you're trying to predict races that are not in your own state, it's hard to do. Um, because you don't kind of have a feel for the momentum. <clears throat> in Montana, uh, the incumbent is actually a Democrat, John Tester. But now Republicans in Montana win easily. They win races statewide, uh, state and federal races, uh, senator, governor, president, whatever. But much like West Virginia, they have a one Democrat senator, John Tester, who is pretty popular in the state of Montana. Now, the Republican nominee, the biggest name is Representative Matt Rosendale, who, as you may remember from the McCarthy vote, he was one of the few Republicans that had the courage to vote against Kevin McCarthy. Um, Tim Shea, he does have a ton of endorsements. And in most recent polling, he does win. Um, <clears throat> either candidate could be strong here. Um, so I'm going to assume it's Shahi for now because he seems to have the most momentum, but Rosendale could be the candidate. Um, 
Either candidate could be strong, and but they could definitely face fundraising disadvantages and challenges. Uh, but Shahi has already raised over $5 million, which is a good sign for the primary. We don't have much polling here, but in what should be a stronger year for the GOP, I am going to predict Montana to flip red. I think I'm going to put it in leans red. So not quite tilt. I'm going to put it in leans and say maybe we get a one and a half to two point victory in Montana, maybe more. Uh, also, I forgot to put it in there earlier because I'm an idiot. Uh, North Dakota is heavy Republican as well. Um, so, West Virginia. We're going to look there next. Um, Joe Manchin is not running for re-election. Even if he was, it'd be a very difficult race for Democrats. Uh, but they don't have any strong candidate without Manchin. Um, all the Republican candidates really have to focus on is the primary. The two biggest names are Alex Mooney, who is a representative from West Virginia's 2nd Congressional District, and Jim Justice, who's the incumbent governor. Uh, both candidates actually have an almost equal number of big endorsements, and their fundraising numbers are almost identical. But Justice consistently polls higher, has more name recognition, and has the Trump endorsement, which is really big in West Virginia, a very heavy Trump country. So my prediction there is actually a flip and also a safe red for Republicans. Jim Justice wins that. And just like that, Republicans are up to 52 seats in the Senate. Um, yeah, 52 seats. We're already at a uh, majority there. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Um, in Ohio, where we're moving to next, Sherrod Brown is running for a fourth term. Um, he's a pretty popular senator in Ohio, but Ohio is typically a very red state, and it's trending even redder. Republicans have one president, other Senate seat, governor, a legislative major uh, majority, uh, and they have a majority of the congressional seats in Ohio. And J.D. Vance won last year by six points over Tim Ryan. So uh, the frontrunner seems to be uh, Bernie Moreno. He has a huge endorsement advantage. Um, he ran for Senate last year, by the way, in case you've not heard of him. Uh, Trump, Ramaswamy, tons of senators have endorsed him. Fundraising and polling are both tight, but I'm going to say the nominee is going to be Moreno, but it, I'm again, it's very hard to tell party races in a different state. Um, hypothetical polling favors Brown, but Republicans don't have an official nominee yet, and you can't really get an accurate, even semi-accurate look at the polls until we have an official nominee. Ohio is trending more red than when Brown won it back in 2018 by seven points. And I'll be honest, going into this, I had... Ohio, despite all this, a like 0.1 to 0.2 percentage point lean tilt Democrat. But I'm actually going to say, I'm going to write here, cancel tilt red. Looking back at these numbers, I think we're going to take Ohio barely. I'm going to put it in the tilt red category right there, which gives us 53 Senate seats. I think Republicans can mount a strong effort in Ohio, and he's going to be very hard incumbent to beat. I'm going to put it right now as tilt red. If I could, really, <clears throat> I'm not going to leave anything as toss-up for this video. If I could, I would lean it as, just rank it as toss-up, because I really don't know. I'm going to say tilt red, though, for the purposes of this video. But hopefully that's not just wishful thinking on my part. Now, we move on here. The rest are uh, mostly Democrat holds. Uh, Minnesota is going to be a likely blue. Republicans don't really have... A ground game, Minnesota, no big candidate. Amy Klobuchar is the incumbent there. Wisconsin, the Republican, the incumbent is Democrat Tammy Baldwin. No Republican has won this Wisconsin Senate seat since 1952. Republicans have no strong candidate or nominee. Again, not much of a 
ground game. And even though Ron Johnson won last year for Senate, and I do expect the state, I think, to vote for Trump, I am going to rate it as lean blue. So not likely, not tilt, but we will rate it as leans blue. Uh, Michigan, this is a very interesting one because we have an open seat. The Democrat incumbent is retiring. There were lots of election shenanigans in 2020, as we know. Biden won it by three points, allegedly. Uh, the Democrat is Alyssa Slotkin, who is the congressional representative from the 7th District. She's the frontrunner for the Democrat nomination, that is. A Republican, the frontrunner seems to be a congressman, a former congressman from Michigan's 8th congressional district, Mike Rogers. Uh, what does I have in my notes here? Uh, he is the frontrunner with endorsements and fundraising. Uh, James Craig is another name that I see popping up uh, as winning some polling, but uh, he seems to be at a huge disadvantage with endorsements and fundraising, so I'm going to pretty much disregard him. Seems that it's going to be Mike Rogers. All hypothetical polling shows a very tight race, especially between Rogers and Slotkin, but with likely fundraising and motivation advantages for the Democrat, I think I'm going to rate it as Tilt Blue, Michigan. Um, it could be close, but I'm going to say Michigan tilts blue. Give that to the Democrats. Uh, last couple here, Pennsylvania. The incumbent is Senator Bob Casey. He won an 18 by a whopping 13 points. The likely Republican is Dave McCormick, who ran for Senate last year against Dr. Oz, who eventually lost to John Fetterman. McCormick lost to Oz by 0.1 points. It was very close, and uh, I don't. Pennsylvania's trending blue. I don't think anything's going to change here. Uh, I'm going to say the incumbent holds, and we get a likely blue seat in Pennsylvania. Lastly, that brings us to my home state of Virginia, where Republicans have a four-seat majority, or I guess you'd technically say eight-seat. No, 54-46, but it's only four seats because the seats flip. I don't know. We're going to call it a four-seat majority. Um, or will they have a three-seat majority? Virginia. Our very own blessed Tim Kaine is running for a third term, former governor of Virginia. He won in 2018 by 57% against Corey Stewart, who admittedly did not run a very good campaign, typical of Virginia Republicans. Uh, the three frontrunners for the Senate nomination for Republicans are Hong Tsao, Jonathan Emord, and Scott Parkinson. You've seen Emord on the show before, more than likely. I've interviewed him. Uh, Emord has the advantage in motivation and volunteers. He's has a very good ground game going, which could translate very well in the primary, and then kind of give him some momentum going in the general. We'll see. Uh, Scott Parkinson has a lot of endorsements, including from my 5th District Congressman Bob Good. Uh, I disagree with Congressman Good on this one, but I, you know, I love and respect Congressman Good, but um, I do think he may have gotten this endorsement wrong. I'm going with Emerd for now. That's not a public endorsement. I've refrained from publicly endorsing him right now, but so far, I have not found a candidate or been able to see anything in any of the others that would change my mind, but we'll see. No public endorsement yet of Emerd, but I may as the time gets closer. For now, I'm leaning toward him. Uh, Tsao, Hong Tsao, has a fundraising advantage uh, by about $500,000. He's the only Republican candidate that's cracked a million so far. And then maybe name recognition. He almost won Virginia's 10th congressional district last year. Um, so I'm going to say maybe he has some advantage there in name recognition, but um, I'm not really sure. I'm going to say Emord is going to be the nominee. I think it's going to be him or Saul, um, but I just have not heard anything really from Saul's campaign so far. So I'm going to go with Emord as the nominee, and Virginia could be a lot closer than anticipated. I think we're going to have a strong ground game going this year. 
Obviously, in 2021, we kind of lurched back to Republican unexpectedly, and now we've gone back to uh, our blue ways for the most part. So I am going to say, uh, for now, Virginia remains blue. Tim Kaine wins. Not tilt blue, not likely. We'll put it in leans blue. Uh, because I do think Tim Kaine's going to win right now, but that could change as the time gets closer. So with all that said, 53-47, if Republicans can come out of this election with, instead of a 51-49 minority, a 53-47 majority, that would be huge, especially since uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we lose the House in 2024, and we'll see what happens with Trump. So we definitely need to win the Senate. But uh, all that to say, yeah, have a look at this. Let me know what you think. Feel free to put it in the comments, and let me know... What do you think right now about uh, the Republican Senate race and anything else you want to let me know in the comment section. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. We're already being shadow banned on YouTube. So if you would like this specific video and then subscribe to the channel, that would be greatly appreciated and help us reach more people. Thank you for watching.